my new grad offer, right? I have nothing but a bachelor's degree was a base salary of $148,000. Hey everybody, it's your host, Hampton Dorch. I'm fired up about this one today. Carter Abadala or Backstate is the kind of guy that you want to learn from. He's like 23, but you would not know it. The best way I can think to describe him is incredibly well-rounded, and you will see that as we hop into the episode today. I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by O'Henry's Coffee, my favorite coffee shop in Birmingham. I go there all the time and have great conversations with people, get a lot of work done myself, and obviously, I love their coffee too. If you're in Birmingham, go there. If you're not, check them out online. All right, let's hop into the episode. I am normally against scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on your for you page on TikTok, and I try not to ever do that. But I'm actually grateful for once that I was doing that because one day I came across my guest today, and I just binged his videos. And he is here now to share a lot with you. You are not going to want to miss this one. You may know him as Backsate, but his real name is Carter Abdallah. So Carter, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. I've uh... When you reached out to me, I, I honestly binged some of the, the your podcasts as well. So it, it's it's an honor to be here, and I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, thank you. You know it's it's been interesting because you uh, you didn't graduate college long ago. How how long have you been working now? Um, so I graduated last May uh, in in 2022, but I was an intern at my current company until September. So really, I've been full time now for I guess a little over half a year, closer to eight, nine, ten months. Okay. I mean, that that's crazy. And I'm, I'm only a few years older than you, but I just find myself watching your videos and, and learning a lot from you. And I, I told Carter before this, that I just think that I don't think I see that he's a very well-rounded uh, guy. And you'll, you'll hear about that today. Cause we're going to hit on a lot of different topics, but um, I, maybe we start with uh, software development, software engineering, because I know that that's, those were some of the first videos I saw from you. I know you talk about a lot of other stuff, but um, wherever you want to begin with that journey, I, I want to hear some of that story and, and kind of where it's brought you today. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, since I was in like sixth grade, I always knew I wanted to be actually a computer engineer, right? So computer engineering and software engineering is a little bit different in that usually what people say is that com computer engineering has software and hardware. It kind of combines both. Um, but I, we did this thing called a time capsule in sixth grade where you would write down three predictions about yourself, about the future or things you wanted to happen, really whatever you wanted. But uh, the three things I wrote down were I wanted to attend MIT, I wanted to become a computer engineer, and I had a crush on someone in my grade. It was some girl. Um, I don't know what she's up to today. Uh, I didn't go to that institute of technology, uh, but I did become a computer engineer. So I got one for three. Um, at this time, I didn't really know what like software engineering even was. Um, so when I applied to all of my schools, I applied to computer engineering. I got into a handful of them. I ended up attending Georgia Tech or the Georgia Institute of Technology for computer engineering. And I thought I wanted to be like a chip designer. These are the people who literally are designing the, you know, either the processors or the graphics cards at like NVIDIA, you know, which also make a lot of money, but it's actually super competitive. I didn't even really know what a software engineer was. And um I had a friend who referred me to a job uh, as an intern for a software engineering internship. And uh, when I got the offer of how much they were paying, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. 
And uh, I, end, I just ended up falling in love. And so that was kind of like my gateway in. Um, but at that point, I knew I wanted to be a software engineer, like full time. So I returned to that company, started applying to more companies, um, started shifting my degree pattern towards more of the software side. As I mentioned, there's software and hardware. So I kind of leaned into the software side and um, just went all in. I actually picked up a minor in artificial intelligence as well, and then um, ended up at my current company where I'm a software engineer now. So I, I did kind of stumble into the field. I know that a lot of my content is surrounded about how to get into the field, um, but I did a lot of research, you know, sort of on my journey on the way there. Dude, that's super cool. And that minor in AI, I feel like the timing for that is probably pretty relevant. That's all everybody's talking about these days. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I was actually slated. I was uh, signed up for classes ready to complete my master's in machine learning, which is a subset, obviously, of artificial intelligence. Um, but I saw that the economy was going somewhat poorly. And so when my current company offered me to start full time, I had to make the very tough decision to basically say, no, I'm going to take this job. Um, and if I need to go back to school at a later date, but um, now there, there's a small part of me, obviously, that sits here and I'm like, I wonder if I, you know, got that degree right now. And if I could work at one of these, you know, super, super big, uh, large language model companies. Sure. And, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, and, and maybe you can, you can dabble in that here in the future. Um, one thing I admire about you, like one thing I've noticed is that you, I, you don't have to tell me this. I know that you are not the average college student. Like you went to school to learn, to study, and you were very thoughtful and intentional about what you wanted to do with your life. You, well, I was about to say you didn't know from day one. Apparently you did know you wanted to do something in the engineering world since sixth grade. I think I wanted to be an astronaut. So good for you with that. Um, but I think so many people definitely waste a lot of college and definitely after that waste a lot of their twenties, maybe because they weren't very intentional about like what they wanted to do with their life ahead of time. So we can definitely talk about that topic, but just so people are understanding you're a software engineer now. You're making a couple bucks. It sounds like. Can you, I mean? Can you just tell us about your your role? And then even I mean, you're, you're transparent about it, which I think is is good for people to understand the kind of money that's available. Um, would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, certainly. So um, I have uh, one of my most popular videos that I posted recently is sort of my salary progression, right? And um, my first ever internship, I was in Atlanta, and they offered me twenty seven dollars an hour. Um, which for an intern in college is obviously great, great money. Um, but as I soon found out, that's actually kind of pales in comparison to the money that you can actually get out there. Um, and I, when I say this, this is purely for the United States, because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say that these salaries are um, very unique to the United States and that it, in other parts of the world, uh, maybe the salaries are not as competitive. That being said, um, I returned to the same company. They upped it to $28 an hour. Then I got an internship at my current company. Um, again, and as an intern, they were paying me $55 an hour to be a software engineering intern. So you're not even a full-time employee and you're making a salary that if you compare it to an annual salary is well over $100,000 a year, which is again, ridiculous. Um, and then um, now I'm a, I'm a full-time employee and my, my new grad offer, right. I have nothing but a bachelor's degree was a base salary 
of one hundred and forty eight thousand dollars. Um, and then there's bonus and options on top of that. The options might be worth a lot of money. If the company succeeds, they might be worth nothing. And then I've since gotten my first raise up to, so now I'm making my base salary is $157,000. Um, that being said, I want to make a caveat. I do live in San Francisco, the Bay area, which is, uh, notoriously one of the most expensive areas of the United States. However, I have coworkers who live in Austin and Seattle and these places where there are no income taxes or the qual the cost of living is lower and the salaries are the same. It's not like they adjust the salary of the employee based on the state you live in. Man, um, guys, I'm going to start a GoFundMe go for Carter. Uh, he, he's a recent <laughs> college grad that needs it. No, I'm kidding, man. That's awesome. Good for you. And, and I just, uh, I love your transparency and it seems like you're really stewarding your, your money well, just as I've seen you um, talk about it. And like, I think that's really interesting. It looks like you even made like a spreadsheet to help people with their money. So maybe we talk a little bit about that, but then also um, not to like bash on college because I had an amazing experience. You did too. Uh, but can you share just a little bit about like maybe the system of colleges, if you will, because, you know, sometimes people might graduate and struggle to find a job and they're in all this debt. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of twofold, right? The first part of your question there, um, I would say that, yeah, taking control of your finances early. I think that um, this is not a problem with this is a problem with the entire education system as a whole. But we're not really taught uh, financial literacy in a in a way that um, is enough to be a functioning adult, right? Um, and so in school, I'm saying. And so yeah, I think that I kind of fairly early on. Um, was taught the value of money by my parents, which I'm very grateful for, even though we grew up and I was, you know, decently well off. Uh, they still taught me the value of a dollar. Um, I understood the concept of taxes. I understood these these really important things that are necessary to function in society. Credit cards, you know, are, you know, I think that's one that I talk about a lot. And so, um, yeah, I when I started making my own money and all of a sudden all of my bills became my own, I uh, took control of that really head on. And I created that expenses tracker, which if, if um, anyone can go use it, it's in my bio. But um, basically, it's just a way to categorize and track every single cent that's coming in or out of your accounts. There's a lot of apps that do this. I just did it for my own tailor made to my situation. And a lot of people like using it. And it's a, it gives you a better understanding of like, where you where your money's going, you know, are you spending a lot of money eating out? Are you spending a lot of money on certain things that you don't want? Um, so that that's, um, the sort of way that I just try and keep track of, uh, you know, how I am spending my money, even though I do make enough money for my age, it gives me a, a, a way to save money and then uh, invest money. And that's what I'm really focusing on. I'm, everything I do is really focusing on my future while still enjoying the present. Um, so Hold yeah, on. there's that. I got to, I got to pause you there before we jump yeah. into the college thing. Um, because we're obsessed with immediate gratification um, in our society. You're making the type of money where you could really flaunt that as a 23, I assume you're old. And the fact that like you are, you're very transparent, you're saving people. Like, oh, you're in the Bay Area. Like one, you're getting paid way more than other people, which you said that you're not. But then also it sounds like you are like not necessarily eating out all the time. Like what you made something, a video the other day along the lines of like most people just wildly overspend their money. I know I, I talk to people that say that the way that they budget is by just like crossing their fingers and hoping they don't spend too much money because they don't want to look at the brutal facts of it. But it seems like you're you're very intentional about kind of how you spend your money. And and I guess what I wanted you to hit on is like 
how do you have that mindset of future thinking? Like most people are just so like now focused. And I just think as a 23 year old, that's like really impressive and a huge point that I want people to learn from this podcast. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I, I, truthfully, um, I got to give credit to my parents and I'll probably continue giving credit to my parents to a lot of the times. Um, my parents both grew up, um, fairly modestly, my dad, very modestly in a foreign country. He was born in Lebanon and had to flee here during the civil war of Lebanon. And so, um, he, I mean, he grew up so poor and really kind of came from nothing. And he talked about living with, you know, eight guys in college and, you know, like a two bedroom just to, to make ends meet and, um, having to take so many credits so that he could finish fast so that, um, because at the time you'd pay per quarter and not per class. And so all that stuff he really instilled into me in, um, sort of the understanding that he basically was said, you know, I, you delay the gratification now, and then you can live the life you want to live. And I, what's beautiful about my situation and hopefully other people can turn it into their situation is you can do both. You can enjoy now while still thinking about the future. And I think that's really the, the biggest way. I think so many people think it's a dichotomy of, um, if I'm saving now, then I'm not splurging or I'm not enjoying myself now. And that's absolutely not true, right? I do go out to eat. I do have fun with friends. It's all about a balance and, um, within the sort of the means that you have finding a way to do both. And, um, the de delayed gratification, I think is the hugest, the biggest thing. I think that, um, in today's society, right? Like you said, it's just immediate gratification all day, every day, whether it's, you know, TikTok or food or, um, whatever it is. And, um, understanding that sometimes trading that immediate comfort for something that'll pay dividends later is, uh, it's, it's a skill that you can build. I think that you get more used to it over time. And, uh, it's just one that I've put a conscious effort into cultivating early. Wow. Um, I'm trying to decide what direction to go. Cause you brought up so many other things, the, the immediate gratification we're scrolling on TikTok and being promised these get, get rich quick schemes, which I, I definitely want to talk about some of that here in a minute, but it makes me think about you back to college. You, uh, you know, sometimes people today are, are being showed on TikTok. A lot of high schoolers have like skip college. Don't do that. You can make a ton of money drop shipping or doing whatever. And I know that you have opinion on like these modern side hustles. Um, but for you, for example, it seems like you really delayed gratification and said, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to learn this skill because I know where it's going to lead me. And so can you just talk a little bit of going back to what we were talking about before of the value of college, but then maybe how it's, it's not always valuable depending on because of the system, what you go into. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, as I think you mentioned, um, but I'll come out and say it perfectly. So I went to Georgia tech. I had a phenomenal experience. I would not trade it for the world. I have no regrets of going to university. Um, that is somewhat of a unique situation. Not everybody can say that. Right. Um, but I will say that college does have value, right? It did teach me the skills of becoming a software engineer. Um, I get so many people in my comments saying, how do I self-teach? Should I do this boot camp? Boot camps are these companies that spun up when there was such a need for software engineers that are basically promising you, I will get, I will make you a hireable engineer in six months. Give me $30,000. You're going to work really hard, but then you'll become an engineer. Um, and I, per and anyways, and then online courses, all these different ways. Right. And, um, people ask me, well, how did you learn to become, become a software engineer? 
I learned in school. Like I did, I did not, I did not practice coding that much on my own. Um, I practiced in class. I studied, I did the projects and it works and it sometimes works. Right. And so I think this notion, um, there's this huge sort of attack on college right now, which again, I'll get into in a second. Um, cause there are flaws with the system, but this sort of, uh, blanket statement that college is an antiquated system that has no value anymore. That's just, you're just throwing money away, I think is ridiculous. Um, and the, the other side of that is that, like I said, college is not just for school. I think that college was a great time for me to in adjusting into becoming an actual adult. If you thrust me into a full-time position at 18 years old, I was not mature enough. Right. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Some people are, um, but I was not mature enough to, to be ready to pay my own bills and do all of these things. And so it was a great sort of gradual transition into adulthood, which I think is the other thing that college is great for. Um, now, the situations where it might not be worth it. I think that college, it, it has gotten super expensive, right? And it's gotten honestly unaffordable for many people. And um, that's just an unfortunate side effect of uh, many different things that have contributed to this. And so um, I don't think that college is for everybody. Um, I think that, uh, for example, trade schools are great. I'm a huge proponent of, you know, if you want to become a plumber, electrician, anything like that, I'm a full, I'm a great proponent of that. And similarly, I caution people who, um, have a passion or who want to go into something that is known, it's well known to not make a lot of money. Um, and I don't think that certain majors are useless, right? I'm very careful to say that. Um, but I do think that it can be somewhat financially irresponsible if you are passionate about something that does not make a lot of money and you're prepared to go into hundreds of thousands of debt. I think that, um, it's honestly a, a fault of the system again, that we allow this decision-making on an 18 year old because an 18 year old, uh, probably isn't ready. You know, they might not even, they might think, ah, it's future me's problem. I'm not going to worry about it now when they can go into life crippling amounts of debt or put their parents into life crippling amounts of debt, uh, I think is, um, a fault of the system. I don't think it, that should be, uh, a, realistic. Um, but here it's the world we live in. And so my, my, basically my advice on that front is do some research, right? Even at 18, do some research, um, see if what you want to study has financial outcomes that are like, it could give you a good ROI or return on investment. Um, cause I think that, uh, I, I always say that, like you said, college to me was a tool to better myself as a human being, but also to get a job, right? I think that that, that you shouldn't go, you shouldn't pay tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for something that isn't going to make you money. That's just stupid in my opinion. Yeah. And man, I learned so much about myself. I was not ready to be a working professional at 18 years old. I'm not sure I was ready at 22, but I was more ready. <laughs> and so, yeah. I mean, I even heard you mention this the other day. You were just talking about how uh, you you were referring to it as luck. You were like, we have, like, we are lucky. I, I The fact that I had two parents that gave me a hug when I was a kid is more than a lot of people in the world. And they gave me the life that they gave me. They poured into me the way they did. And they helped me go to college is so out of my control. And I want to be forever grateful for that. I know everyone doesn't have that opportunity, um, but I do love the encouragement to just do some research. <laughs> don't put it off to the future because you really don't want to hurt yourself in the long run. But to the, uh, to the high schooler, to the 17-year-old that 
does have the opportunity to go to university and really study something, but is scrolling all day long, seeing people promising them these ways to make tons of money. Um, what, what do you say to that guy? Or what do you say to that girl? Yeah. Um, I think that the the world has changed. I don't really know when it flipped as far as what I'm about to say, but when people used to say they want to make a lot of money, right? Um, it, entrepreneurial, these sort of business things were actually not very popular. Um, and instead what it would be, it would, it would be going to a high paying job. You want to make a lot of money, become a doctor, become an engineer, become a lawyer. And that still exists to some extent. But I think that a lot of people are now going down the route of what they think is entrepreneurial, which is these sort of, I, you know, they were, I've referred to them as side hustles, but um, a lot of people treat them as main hustles. And these are the drop shipping, the Amazon FBA, the white labeling SaaS, and the reason the SMMAs, the reason why I know so much about these is because it also shows up on my feed, right? And not only that, if I were a 14, 15, 16 year old uh, boy, girl, whatever, I could see myself being sucked into these because it's so, I mean, it is so enticing. I'm no better than, <clears throat> you know, these people. I'm just trying to offer from the other side of the, the, the sort of fence here of being like, no, don't, don't go down that um, for a number of reasons, right? Um, I think that the promise that it's entrepreneurial is, is wrong, right? I think that it, it, to, to really, it, it, I, I'm, I'm super entrepreneurial. I think that I would love to start my own business one day. Um, I have a lot of friends who have started businesses, successful ones. Um, but really, when I think about, are you, are you doing a business, right? Are you being entrepreneurial? You should ask yourself, what is the problem that I'm solving? And if the answer is not something, it doesn't have to be novel, right? But um, it, for, for drop shipping or for these um, modern side hustles, if they were to disappear tomorrow, would the world really change? And the answer is just no, right? Um, when you are just marking up an Alibaba product, what you're doing is you're extracting value, you're extracting money from some middle process that's sort of hazy and um, it just, uh, it, to me, you're not bringing any value to the world. You're not actually being entrepreneurial. And the, this is going, I'll just touch on it briefly of, of a different topic, but the notion of the matrix, right? Escaping the matrix. To me, you're not escaping the matrix. You're making Jeff Bezos richer. You're, you're subscribing to it. You're literally promoting you, Amazon FBA is just making Amazon bigger. That is not escaping the matrix, regardless of the money that's going into your account. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very critical of these people. Oh, the last thing is just that it, red flags across the board. If somebody is selling you a course to tell you how to make money, red flags. Um, because if they were making the money or if they had the secret, why would they need to sell it? They're, they shouldn't they be making millions and millions of dollars? Why would they sell their secret? And um, B, I, I think that in general, you can find most of the information online anyways. Um, but I think that so many people spend so much time uh, thinking that this is a get rich quick scheme, like you said, um, when and that they're going to do this instead of college. And I think back to, you know, my parents and the opportunities that I were given. And it, it, it almost feels like a lot of people are ready to squander those and are ready to throw those away. And four years down the line, five years down the line, the 99% of the people who don't make it doing these things are going to look back and say, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I'm sorry that I'm still, you know, living with you. I thought this would work. Um, 
I was wrong and uh, will have to be left to pick up the pieces when they could instead go the traditional route. There's a reason why the traditional route exists. And um, I, that's where I say you owe it to your parents to, if they gave you these opportunities, you owe it to your parents to have something to fall back on. If you want to go take risks, go for it, but at least have something to fall back on. Don't be living with your parents until you're in your thirties because you wanted to make it big. Great answer, man. You know, if someone is willing to try to learn some of these like modern side hustles, if you will, like I, I imagine, well, you made the point first off of, um, sorry for those listening. I make sure my computer isn't about to die. Anyways, you made the point of like, if, if the problem, if it disappeared tomorrow, would the world be much different? And the answer is probably no. And so if you actually have that entrepreneurial itch and you have the work ethic, then there's lots of other things that, that you could do. Like if you're willing to actually do the work that these courses have in them, maybe you actually might be successful, but it does take a lot of hard work. And the reason that they are willing to quote, give away all of their secrets is because they know that nobody's like going to actually do it. Maybe 1% of people will. And so the 1% of people that actually do do that, like if you put that energy and effort, and again, you might not have the opportunity to go to college, but in into like anything else, um, I think it would pay off. And I, I just think that that's a, this is a product of wanting instant gratification and, and people not really willing to put in the work. And, and, and I'm not like bashing on anyone. I'm now 25 and in the last, basically since I've graduated college is really when I've learned the value of hard work. So I'm not trying to act like, I, I think it's almost preying on the young man who's, and it doesn't have to be man, but whose brain is not developed. Guess what? Your brain doesn't stop developing, developing to your 25. I'm 25. And I kind of think my brain still has some developing <laughs> to do, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree, man. Um, okay. So I, I want to go back to college here for a little bit. You, you found a way to be an adult in college. I'm sure you did some fun stuff and maybe some things here and there you regret. Sure. But like, the fact that you went to Georgia Tech, probably had some really hard schooling, learned a lot, um, were, was on this big fitness journey, was the president of your fraternity, like well-rounded guy who's very driven. I mean, have you have you always been like that? And maybe a, maybe a lot of it does go back to your parents, but I want to hear a little bit about that ambition and then even some of your experiences uh, maybe as the uh, president of your fraternity back in the day. Yeah, certainly. So um, as far as whether I've always been driven, I don't know if I can confidently say yes to that. I've always been a good student. Um, I've just always subscribed to the idea of schooling. And um, I've always, uh, and this this might be a somewhat of a fault of mine, but I've always also found somewhat of um, approval in the grades that I received. And so mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I was always really good at is getting really good grades on standardized tests on in schools in in everything and so um that building that early i mean even since like elementary school middle school finding value in getting high grades meant that by the time i got to college schooling was um i i had it more or less figured out um and th that way uh i could i had the opportunity to focus on other things i think a lot of people when they get to college or get to a, a highly technical um degree whatever it is um would probably not have maybe the base that I had. And so it takes up a lot more time, um, which it, it, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, as far as where I found my drive and where I really found this sort of grid, 
I honestly would say it was partly the gym. Um, I was never really passionate about anything until I found weightlifting. Um, I, I mean, I tried every single sport under the sun. Um, and my parents put me in every single sport, right? Soccer, swimming, tennis, uh, cross country track, um, all of it, basketball, uh, wrestling, like everything. And I quit all of them. Um, I was not a very competitive person, um, growing up. I was a, I was a very tall, skinny, lanky, kind of awkward dude, probably the more stereotypical software engineer when you think of one now. And, um, I found I had a really great coach my sophomore year of high school. Um, we had a weightlifting program. He was this, uh, I mean, like just the beacon of what I, you would consider like a role model for someone who's, uh, a young boy. Like he, he was masculine, strong, um, soft-spoken, but very like confident. And, um, he basically said, you know, he sat me and he was like, no, like I see you in me. Like you, you remind me of my younger self. And I fell in love with the sport of weightlifting. I mean, I just, the, the sort of you get in what you put out was so concrete and so measurable. Um, and I, um, I ended up putting on it, not all muscle, but I, I was around 155 pounds at six feet tall. When I started, I was 15 years old. And, uh, just for a little bit of uh, context, now I'm six foot two, 210 pounds. So I'm, I mean, I'm a different human being and, um, I remember when I showed up to college, um, these were the people I had already put on some size by then. And it was the first time that a group of people had met me since I was the big guy, the strong guy. And I was treated so differently. And, um, I, a lot of people would take that as sort of like a, a fence or like, you know, you know, that, um, people are shallow, which there's a, a factor to that. Um, but I also saw it as like a, I can materialistically change my life. And this has improved my life dramatically. And um, so that that sort of understanding of you get in what you put out, you can improve your situation, uh, you can change things about yourself was um, a, a catalyst for me to start doing that in other aspects of my life. And then I became more confident. I w wanted to take on more leadership positions. Um, and yes, I did end up becoming the, uh, the president of my fraternity um, in college, which was a great experience. Um, I, uh, was, I held every pretty much position that you can before president, um, within the fraternity. Um, but ultimately I, I did ran for president and end up getting it. And, uh, that was a phenomenal experience. Um, I, you know, when you think of like a fraternity, you know, I, I do actually joke. I say I was an idiot in charge of a bunch of idiots, which there's some <laughs> truth to that. But at the end of the day, we were all, you know, college age men, um, studying very hard degrees at a technical school. And, um, it was my job to lead the direction of, of the chapter. And, um, something that I heard at a conference actually, as part of being president that really stuck with me was that this is the position that you'll have with the most responsibility, the least power with the, uh, the least risk. Right. And so basically what, what that means is that, um, the most responsibility, if, if something goes wrong, it's your head. If, um, people are looking to you, um, if you know, you have to basically lead the chapter. Um, but nobody has to listen to you, right? You're not their boss. And so that's where it's like the least, the least power, right? You are quite literally have to lead by example and they have to want to follow you because they don't have to. And then last thing is uh, the least risk. If you mess up, 
nobody's livelihood is gone. Nobody, unless you're doing something really, really stupid, which our fraternity is out there, but my fraternity was not, nobody's going to die, right? If you make a mistake and you're in a high level position at a company, people could lose their jobs. People could not be able to feed their families. If you're a doctor and you make a careless mistakes, people can get hurt. Um, that's not true for this position. So, uh, it was a great way to be exposed to leadership in sort of like this sandbox. Uh, and it was, it was great for me to, um, be able to do that at such an early age. I mean, this is, uh, 80, 80 plus guys that I was, uh, talking to on a weekly basis. So I got to practice my public speaking. And so a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, when you think about like the TikTok and stuff now, Oh, don't you feel nervous? Like talking on camera. And I was like, no, I had to, you know, regardless whether I felt like it or not yet, I had to talk to 80 plus of dudes who are ready to rip into you. If you make a mistake, if you slip up on your words, I'm, I'm used to this at this point. So, um, yeah, that was my experience as a president, man. Um, and it all started with the gym. I'm sure there's more elements to yeah. it, but that, that, <laughs> that fires me up though. Cause you, you get out of it, what you put into it, you are in control. And, and for the 99% of people like you, and, and I want to be sensitive because I know that people have developed eating disorders and stuff like that, but like you really can't control like the way that you look, the way that you feel, the amount of muscle that you put on, like it's up to you. And I saw you post this video and, um, it was sick. You were like my secret hacks to putting on this much muscle or something. And, and you were like, I don't take creatine. I don't take protein powder. I haven't done this. It's called eight years of consistently lifting. I've never missed more than a week. Is that true? That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it is true. And unfortunately, I'm, I have to come out here and say that I've, I recently, and this is what I was talking with you right before the podcast started, um, I'm sick and I, I, I'm i the sickest I've been. I'm improving now. Um, and so, yes, as in currently, I'm on the longest hiatus I've ever taken from the gym. I think we're on day like 10 or 11. Um, but before, before right now, yes, I had never gone seven days consecutively without a workout. I remember I got my wisdom teeth out and um, they said like, wait a week uh, on day six, uh, I, I was like in the gym working out and I was like being very careful. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's something that is so ingrained in my lifestyle now that um, a lot of people also ask me, how did you find time to manage to work out and be an engineer or work out and do this or work out and um, do whatever, right? And to me, the answer, and it's, it doesn't sound helpful to a lot of people. I say it's a non-negotiable. I mean, it is part of it is part of my routine every single day, um, almost every single day. I mean, I take rest days. But point being, you will find time if it's as important to you as your other top priorities. You will find time. It's just it's just a matter of fact. And so, um, yeah, that's that's how I was able to be so consistent. Man, you make time for what you want to do, for what's a priority, and fitness really transfers to every other area of your life, like in the way that you look and the way that you feel in your mindset and your confidence. And it's really cool to hear how that, man, that's special that you got to show up to college. And I know you sound, you said it might sound somewhat shallow, but the fact that people like viewed you the way they did is really cool. Um, and then being fraternity president at the same time, um, I love, I love that. It's like the most power or the, uh, what, what was it? What was that saying again? It's, it's the most responsibility with the least power and the lowest risk. Yes. So it's a, it's a, and I can speak from personal experience. Like it is so much responsibility with no power, but that brings me to a huge leadership principle that leadership is much more about your influence than your title. And so one day, and, and guys, this is a huge point of this podcast. 
a lot of us are in our 20s. So you're not a manager right now. You're not leading teams. But if you're listening to this, like if you care enough to listen to the awesome people I have on here, then you're probably an aspiring leader of people. And um, the fact that you had an opportunity to learn how to lead through influence um, because you weren't people's bosses and you couldn't fire them means that like you, you learn that one day when you are someone's boss and you can fire them, you're going to be a much better leader because of it. And I really want us to be learning like, to lead ourselves right now, um, which is what you're doing in the gym, which is what you're doing with your studies and your habits and your finances. So that one day when the stakes are higher, um, you're going to be able to lead other people. Cause you can't lead other people if you can't lead yourself. And like Carter, you're, you're, uh, I'm sure you're not perfect, but you're, you're checking a lot of these boxes. I'm learning a lot from you, man. <laughs> oh, thanks Hampton. <laughs> um, well, my computer, for those of you listening is at like 1% and I have a million more questions for you. So we're probably gonna have to do a round two of this, but thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to put a link to everything below because really what I was just doing is asking him questions about his sick videos that he posts every day. So the way that I, I like ending this, I like for the guests to tell people to wake up and lead. It's time for you and me to wake up and lead. <laughs>